1: It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G-Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G-Cobb and Micah Warren.
2: G-Cobb with you on here on uh, voiceamerica.com. And, uh, of course, there's plenty to talk about. uh, And uh, my uh, co-host, Micah Warren, uh, joins me and uh, Micah. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're almost there with regards the to uh, camp starting, and uh, there's a lot of excitement, but the whole thing comes back to, Jeremy Macklin, is he going to be signed or not? Uh, what do you think? I, I, I'm starting to wonder uh, how soon they're going to sign the guy.
3: Yeah, I don't know, G. I mean, I don't understand this stuff, too. And they, you know, they go months and months after the guy gets drafted. And this isn't just the Eagles and not just Macklin. Obviously, everybody does it. Oh, we haven't even started talking yet. Really? Like, when did you think would be a good time? Wouldn't you want to give yourself as much time as possible to hammer these things out? Do you know why they wait? Is there a specific
2: reason why these people well, wait? Well, uh, you know, that's a negotiation thing. Um, you know, if you wait the longest, it makes them think that, well, you know, you're not under the pressure to sign. And, you know, you're playing that game. I mean, it's like a guy, uh, he likes a girl, the girl likes him, but neither one of them wants to be the first to make the move. You know, uh, it's silly. But it is silly. It's ridiculous. Th- the thing is, though, uh, it's... Um, kind of thing where they're basically both going to lose. I mean, right now, both the Eagles and Jeremy Macklin are in, his, are in a position where uh, they lose. I mean, if if he's not there, uh, the Eagles lose because they draft him in the first round. They want to get production out of him uh, in, in initially, immediately, and uh, if he's not there, of course, he's not getting acclimated to the system, he's not out there playing, you're not able to find out whether he can do it or not, all of that. And then of course on his side, you know he's going to have incentives in his contract. He wants right. to show right away. He wants to get to the point to where they're coming in and telling him, "Look, we want to rip up that first deal. We want to sign you to a to a new deal, give you the kind of money you deserve. You're one of the top receivers in the league, blah 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 blah." You know, of course that's what he wants to do. He needs to get in there and learn it so he can start that process as soon as possible. So if the longer, you know, that he's out you know, if he's missing time, they're both losing.
3: It doesn't help anybody. It really doesn't. And no, it doesn't. You can easily argue Deshaun Jackson does not have the season he, he had last year if he wasn't in position to take advantage of that. You know, Curtis is hurt. Reggie Brown is hurt. He's in perfect position to step in and play. What if he missed half a camp? Well,
2: we don't know what happens then. I mean, Well, it, you probably don't have to... uh, what happened. Uh, it probably won't happen. I mean, and, and really – uh, Deshaun was in a better position than uh, Jeremy because, see, Deshaun played in a West Coast style offense. He really knew the offense. He worked out with the guy that was the greatest receiver to ever play in the offense, Jerry Rice. So he, he's uh, he's going to play the West Coast offense, and he's talking to the guy who uh, really helped make the uh, the offense great. And so that gives him an advantage, a huge advantage. Macklin has never played in this style of an offense. He played in a spread offense, which, you know, is completely different, uh, different setup, uh, you know, different adjustments, different reads. And so for him to make this transition, it's going to take some time. So he needs every day he can get. That's why, you know, they should have this deal. They should have had it done, but they don't have it done. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, at this point now, you know, they both got to feel the heat. They got to get the deal done. Get it done tomorrow or whatever. But, but, you know, you already wanted it done, and, you know, they're playing that game. And I think what they're doing is they're looking at other people. Uh, neither one of them wants to be the one that initiates the deal. Um, you know, I know Macklin uh, and his agent probably want to see what other people get. And so, oh, that's you know, the they're game playing they play. the game. always. What's that? That's always the game they play. Well, this guy got,
3: you know, this much money last year, and we want more yep. than that and this guy got taken the pick before me or behind me. You know, actually, based on all that information, G, you would think it would be a lot easier to get it done. You would think. I mean, he was the 19th overall pick, but this is not, you know, the number one overall quarterback or something like that where he's looking for record money. This is, should be a pretty simple deal to get done. I think they will get done. Um, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see any kind of long holdout, even if it takes another day or two. You don't want like you said, you don't want to miss any days, but, one or two days isn't going to be the end of the world. It's not going to be the difference between him being able to contribute this year and not, you know, if you, if you, want, to take it to, if you want to take it right up to, to opening day, then you've got serious problems. But well, you know that's, know, that's what they're
2: doing. Uh, they're, they're taking it all the way up to, uh, you know, basically they're playing chicken. That's what they're doing. You know, they're playing their own form of chicken. And, um, you know, that's going to put pressure on things because, He doesn't need to be missing time, and Andy Reid knows that. Uh, Hopefully Macklin knows that, but I can tell you that um, people that have been around, you know that if you you miss that time in there, that's not helping you. That's hurting you. So hopefully uh, they get that done, get the talking, and and get the deal consummated. But, you know, you've got him. Uh, You know LaShawn McCoy. He definitely needs to be in because he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, with all the learning he's got to do. But uh, he's really going to get the chance to really uh, step into the fire because he's going to get a lot of reps. He's going to get reps with the first team. When he makes mistakes, he's going to be exposed. It's not like he's in there backing up Brian Westbrook. Westbrook's taking most of the reps with the first team. Uh, So that's going to put a lot of pressure on LaShawn McCoy. He's got to show right away that he's going to be up to – up to the pressure, and, uh, you know, you've got to show he can pick up blitzes. First, he's got to read everything. A lot of pressure on these young guys. Well, we know he's going to be swimming for a little bit. He, he's still probably got some more swimming time to do
3: before he starts to get it. But you can look, you know, if Westbrook comes back healthy, uh, as obviously everyone's hoping, you could argue that him being out for this training camp might be the best thing to happen to this team. When you consider that LaShawn McCoy, like you said, he didn't have a choice. He's got to come in and do it. You have to come in and do it because there is nobody else. I'm sorry, don't get into Lorenzo Booker stuff. I mean, it's his job. And for training camp, he's the guy. And he's going to have to learn. He's going to get thrown to the fire. And if that speeds up his maturation process and Westbrook being able to sit out, because now that's, that's less ref, reps that Westbrook's taken. He does not need training camp reps. I don't think anyone would argue that. He does not need any of it. He's fine. But McCoy does. You know, the blitz pick up, all that. You can't have Donovan back there getting blasted. And you might see... I don't think they're going to do it, but in the next week or so, G, I think would be the time where they look and say, look, McCoy, we've got to get a Warwick done in here or somebody else. He's not going to be able to do it.
2: You know, well, I, you I it know there, there's some type of a date. I don't know what the date is, but I believe there's a date where uh, after that date uh, they don't have to guarantee the money to that guy, uh, to whoever the, the back they bring in, uh, because I think if they sign him early, uh, right away they've got a guarantee uh, the money to the players, because if they get a, a veteran player and find out that he doesn't have anything left, they want to be able to cut him without a penalty, without having to pay the guy. I so think they I think they're playing you. some of that game as well. And you great. know, um, it's not um, beneath the Eagles to count the money. And you know that uh, <laughs> Joe Banner is making, uh, making it a point, and you know, and his staff, uh, and rightfully so, I don't, I don't totally blame him, because Ward Dunn, uh, he's, he's already played in the West Coast offense, he already knows a lot of these things. That's why he would be the guy to get it. And I know that they have uh, talked to him um, and uh, they, they've let him know that, you know, he's on the list and uh, he would be a priority with them and everything. So um, I think they feel uh, that um, he would be the guy for them. But And who knows, they, they might have already, you know, told him that he's going to come in at such and such a time, you know. I wouldn't put that past him either, playing that game and, and, and letting him know, look, if you're with us, you got a chance to win a championship, you sign with one of these other nickel-and-dime teams, and, and you're not. And so uh, I, I'm sure they probably told him that too. So uh, and he I, I expect them to, uh, to make that move. They know they're probably going to need a guy because um, – you know, you don't know about uh, Brian Westbrook. You really, you don't know about uh, LaShawn McCoy. You, you really don't know. You, can, you <laughs> can say you do, but in truth, you really don't. Well, and so the only that's guy you why... really know
3: about is Booker, and you just don't like what you know. So in that case, you, you do know what he brings to the table. It's just not very much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you, but, you know, what, that was it '01? They were looking at him back when he was, you know, more in his prime. Uh, as a free agent, I know he came in for a visit. So they liked him years ago. And I think we have to agree, if you're going to add somebody, it's going to be somebody like Dunn.
2: Uh, it's not going to be Edrens. It's certainly not going to be Deuce McAllister. They don't well, well it Dunn he fits the best. You okay. know, he, he's got good hands. Uh, he, he's got the kind of attitude, you know, that Andy likes. He's never been a guy to create any problems. Right. Uh, he's he's, he's, uh, he's shifty. Uh, you know, he can make people miss. Uh, he's tough. Uh, you know, he's the guy. I mean, he, you know, he, he fits uh, the mode of a type of uh, – of a mentor that you would want around LaShawn McCoy, so and I, I just think he's the guy, uh, and they have let him know that you know he's on their list. So we'll see what happens. You know, uh, somebody else could get in a position where they get in dire need and, uh, and they and they grab him. But I, you know, I think the Eagles uh, that see, he's a good fit here, yeah. uh, and I know he still wants to play, but he's he's, he's got to be smart too and realize that, you know, he's had nobody sign him, and there's a reason for it. He's, they don't look at him as a starter. So you got to come in and back up, did. and, you know, like I said, he's never been a guy, that kind of guy that's created any problems. So, you know, you, so you got that. Now, some of the other things looking at this team, uh, you know, Sean McCullough, uh, you know, Sean uh, McDermott, excuse me, McCullough, yeah. Sean McDermott, uh, you know, he's going to be uh, in the spotlight. He's, he's under the, uh, the hot light right now, you know. And, you know, he, he, the, the thing that I think that's going to affect him the most will be how does his defensive line play? Does his yeah. defensive line show everybody that they can get to the quarterback without blitzing? Can they put pressure on the quarterback without blitzing? I think that's what it comes down to because if they can do that, they take all the pressure in the world – off of Sean McDermott, you know? Well, what, what's absolutely. your thoughts? Well,
3: gee, if that, if that front four got, uh, gets pressure on the quarterback, I, think I, I, might, I might be able to be defensive coordinator. That makes things so much easier when you have that. And you're right, the, 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 the light is going to be on McDermott. But you know what, in all fairness, you know, Jim Johnson, as good a defensive coordinator as he was, remember some of the coaches he had underneath him? Leslie Frazier, Ron Rivera, uh, Steve Spagnuolo. There's some excellent coaches underneath him. Yeah. Does McDermott have that kind of support? We don't really know. He's got a lot of unknown. You know, I, I, that may have more to do with it than him being the best defensive, you know, coordinator that he could be. Maybe, you know, the, the support system's a little different, too. So, I mean, I, I wonder how that, that shakes out, too.
2: Well, you know, of course, you know, Jim uh, wasn't as reliant on that support system. But, you know, it's it, it's not the best thing that you, you have all of these young guys and these people inexperienced. It's, it's not the greatest thing that you have him in there in that type of a vacuum. But we will continue uh, talking about Sean uh, McDermott and uh, the pressures that he's going to be facing in his first year as the Eagles defensive coordinator. We'll be back with you in a minute.
4: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice
2: America Sports.
1: If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station.
2: Owen Hodge Show. Are you ready
1: for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie
4: The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our Huge
5: selection. Enormous variety.
4: One-stop shopping.
5: Everything under one roof.
4: Or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like. <laughs> See store for details. Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply.
0: No purchase necessary.
4: We'll try to convince you that our product will give you. Cleaner, tighter abs
0: in minutes. Perfect smile. Porcelain veneers.
4: Freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. <laughs> because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
2: G. Cobb, back with you, along with uh, Michael Warren, and we've been talking about uh, the Eagles, of course, going to camp. Uh, A little later on, we're going to get into uh, the talk about the Roy Holiday, uh, the possible trade, and uh, the fact. In fact, uh, why don't you just go ahead and uh, tell uh, what you saw on uh, Uh, Philly.com. Okay, so uh, I guess, and and
3: G., we've been hearing for a while, you know, Ricciardi, is that how you pronounce his name, the Toronto GM Ricciardi? Has been saying for a while. We mm -hmm. haven't even talked to them. We haven't discussed specifics, which we all know is nonsense. But supposedly today they finally uh, they gave the Phillies their official wish list, and it was uh, Kyle Drabeck, who is um, probably the top pitching sp- prospect for the Phillies, other than half, but half's not a prospect anymore, because uh, he's actually playing well at the, the Major League level. Uh, so it was Kyle Drabeck, Jay Hap, and Dominic Brown. Now, for people that aren't familiar with the Phillies farm system, Drabeck obviously was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Uh, like I said, probably their best young pitcher, uh, pitching prospect. Don Brown's an outfielder that uh, Baseball America rated their top 25 prospects uh, recently. Don Brown was 17 overall at all baseball, and the Phillies' highest. The Phillies had three top prospects in those 25. The other was, you know, Drabeck and Brown were in there. Michael Taylor was the other. Uh, so you're asking to give up your two best young pitchers and your top prospect. Um, there's definitely debate on this. I mean, you're getting holiday, so it's not like – you know, it's, you're, getting, you're just giving this up for Blanton. Halliday is the difference between making you an immediate World Series contender, which, you know, you could argue they are now anyway, but that you're going to say, uh, I trust Blanton and have to keep pitching like that, which I don't. Uh, Halliday is the best pitcher in baseball, probably. Yeah. And you, you, have, you know you have to give up something because Toronto just can't give him away. You just can't. Um, and it's a lot to give up. But technically, gee, I mean, what have Dre Beck and Brown done? Nothing. They haven't done anything at the major league level. So you can argue that hap is really all you're giving up and you don't know what's gonna happen, you know. Well in baseball these prospects are the equivalent in football of draft picks. You know, you're giving Yeah, up stuff. I know and,
2: and really even hap, you know, uh, I've seen people do it for a while and then, you know, they find out that, you know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, the guy springs a leak and you find out that he wasn't everything that he, he everybody thought he was. So, you know, um, that clearly, you know, you know what you've got uh, in holiday, and um, uh, you knew they were going to ask for a lot, and, and the thing you do is, you know, you don't want to give them all that they're asking for, you know, because you know how people do, well, you know, we would be happy to get two of these three. Let's ask for all three, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. And
3: I, I don't know about you, but I don't see any way this deal gets done without
2: Drevec or Hap. One of them's going. If you want to yeah. do this deal, yeah, you you know you got to you got to get the pitching. I mean, you're giving up pitching, you got to get some some pitching back. And the whole thing is, do they value Drayback as much as Hap? With the fact that Hap has shown he can do it and he's done it on the major league level, uh, do they look at Drayback and say, ah, oh, but he's the better prospect? I mean, that's what's going to be interesting, and you wonder. Well, what would you um, rather do, Jay? Would you rather give up the guy who's done nothing at the major league level, but his upside has ace stuff? He could be your number one. Well, you know, you know it depends on your, uh, it depends on, you know, your, your staff. Because, like I said, uh, doing it for a short period of time, I'm telling you, you know, you know, you know that people come up and all this promise and all of a sudden they spring a leak. Come on. Right. Well, plus they get to see you. you know, other teams get to take a look at That's you. That's Right. And, you know, we'll know more about Jay Happ as he
3: goes through teams a second and third time for the rest of the year. If he stays strong, then you're looking good. If he starts to falter, well, then, you know, you're better off giving him up. I happen to like Happ, and I like the idea of Halliday, Hamels, Happ, you know, Blanton. Now you, you got some pretty strong starting pitching. Pedro comes back in. I'm not thrilled about him. Don't get me started on that. Uh, and even Myers looks like he's coming back in a relief role. You're getting some pitching. I mean, that's you have to say you've improved your team. I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where Halliday comes to Philadelphia yeah. and you're not excited about it. How could you not be? And it's yep. not even a one-year deal. I mean, he's still got him for next year too. And then you get into a different debate. Gee, uh, you got a guy now after his next year. Let's say he's about 34 years old. He's probably looking for five to six-year deal.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: You give him that? I don't know about that. That's the other thing. People say, well, what if they can't sign him? I'm thinking, what if they can? I don't know that you want to do that. You know, you could be looking at giving this guy $20 million in three years or four years when he can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. And the Phillies have a couple bucks, but they don't have the kind where they can afford to just, you know, urinate away $20 million on a guy that can't play or he's broken down. He's on the DL constantly. You know, that, that that can be a problem. I mean, if, if he's 34 years old, would you give him more than a four-year deal? I mean, that's even four years is a lot. Yeah,
2: that's uh, – they've got some big decisions to make, you know. Uh, you know, and, but the thing is, uh, the, the Phillies are in a position of strength, though, uh, in making those uh, decisions. You know, they're, oh, they're they making are. them from a position of strength uh, in that, you know, they they've got some great players already on their roster – uh, they got a chance. They've already won World Series. They got a chance to win more. Yeah. And so, um, I probably would say that there's more pressure on the, the Blue Jays because I don't know that there are any other takers. Well, there are some other teams interested. Not everybody has the yeah, Blue Yeah, but but, but, but they yet. don't have what they want.
3: Well, yeah, the Brewers just dropped out because yeah. there was a couple prospects Toronto wanted, and they said no way. So all right, done. Dodgers would be the team that still can hang around. Um, but the Phillies want them the most. And they have to pay. You know what, Gene, I can tell you this, too, in my time. I can't remember. I don't know if you can. Have the Phillies had this good a farm system? How many names have we heard just even thrown out, just in rumors? The United- I mean, the Phillies' farm system is traditionally pretty
2: awful. When well, have- you know, you could say that, but, I, but still, you look at their team, how could they be that bad? You see who came up through it. You know, and that's why really, you know, everybody all over Ed Wade, you know, I mean, hey, Ed, maybe Ed Wade wasn't the coolest dude, but most of these, this whole team, for the most part, was developed by Ed Wade. You know what? All right, good point. I I'll mean, seriously, look, run. check it out. he might have looked goofy in his glasses wrong. or whatever, but think about it. Look at yeah. all the great players that are on this team. Where did they come from? Well, most of them
3: uh, offensively are, are homegrown. Hamill's obviously, well, Myers is, is homegrown. Moyer's not, Blanton's not. Half is is half a, a Ed
2: Wade guy. Now that I don't know, I, I don't know. I, 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 pro, I don't know about that because he's probably he's probably not. He might not be. I would have to check out when he came in.
3: Um, but yeah, all right. So Ed Wade didn't always make the best trades.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, but 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 clearly, you know, he didn't give these guys up. No, he got obviously right. the right he, guys. Maybe he's smart for the trades he didn't make. You know, hey, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, these guys came up through the system. They were in the system when Ed Wade was, you know, he he brought these guys. I mean, he drafted these guys. You know, come on. You could have, you know, you could be looking at, you know, some Hall of Famers. Hey, you you could be looking
3: at the best second baseman ever to play the game if he continues yeah, to Yeah, I mean, like-
2: really, you know, depending, there could be a number of Hall of Famers that he brought on to the team. And how many people do that?
3: Hey, look, you win. You're right. You know, I'm going to have to write that up for GCOB.com. Because now, you look back, and, it's, and and I guess general managers are kind of like, you know, the president of the United States. You can't really judge him until he's asked. Yeah. And now I think it's
2: time that we start to judge Ed Wade. Yeah, you got to and- give him credit. I mean, he didn't give these guys up. I mean, maybe he made some balls, but, you know, because, you, you know, everybody's tried to pluck, uh, they get an, a look on your talent, and they, they want to take. they want to get it. But, yeah. you know, if you hang on, I mean, if, if nobody else, if you just go with uh, Utley and, and Howard, come on. Well, you know, and and, and uh, what well, you've already had, I mean, already some of the things that that both of them have done, if they don't do anything else, you got to get a big plus. Because one of them was, uh, you know, they both won World Series, and one of them was the MVP.
3: Yeah. No, you're right. And uh, what Gillick really did was put the final touches on it. Because Gillick built that bullpen. Yeah, Gillick de-
2: definitely put final touches on. But, uh, you know, you got to give Ed Wade for some of these guys. I mean, because they all contributed to winning that uh, that championship last year. But we'll be back. We'll continue. We'll talk some more uh, Bills, and we'll go back to the Eagles and even talk about uh, Andre Miller and the Sixers. We'll be back with you in a moment. some beauty.
3: It's a five all be break fail. Buck goes on him. He's got it. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. Hopkins
4: is out of here. From high school to the pros, we recover we everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
1: Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not, right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll free 877 510 3278. That's 877 510 FAST.
5: There has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting. And right now, you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television. And you can learn it at home with Brock Ray's Outdoor Videography School. Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals. And it all comes to you in a six-DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now, get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right, when you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques, you can submit your video to us. And if it gets chosen, your segment might appear on our nationally televised, better-built world of outdoors. We will pay you for using your video. Call now at 205-625-5480. We invite you to visit our website at outdoorvideoschool.com. Start your career in television now.
2: Michael Warren, and uh, we were talking about the Phillies um, and the Eagles, uh, just talking about the Phils and the, the, the team that they built and everything. But, you know, um, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to the Phils. But let's go uh, talk about the birds a little bit. Uh, of course, they'll be in the camp. Uh, and uh, for those of you uh, listening, I'm going to be out at camp the entire time. Uh, Michael's going to be coming out, and we're going to, uh, of course, be on top of everything that's going on out there with the Eagles and, uh, and keep you uh, abreast with what's happening with that team. Of course, uh, they've got a lot of major question marks. Starting, let's start with the offensive line. Uh, yep. How do you think the offensive line is going to mesh? Uh, and uh, what, what are you anxious to see, uh, Micah, about the offensive line? Uh, I think you said it, the, how it meshes. And interestingly enough, I mean,
3: that right side of the line is going to tell us a lot because you have two guys switching positions. You know, I, I think – I'm most curious, because remember in, in 2004 when the Eagles traded up to select Sean Andrews, the idea was that he would eventually become Runyon's successor at right tackle. And then they put him at guard. He becomes maybe the best guard in all of football. And Runyon hangs around a little longer. So now, we're this is five years later, we're finally getting to see that draft day plan of him taking over for Runyon. How well can he do? I mean, how good can he be? He, we know he's an athlete. He's phenomenal talent. But still a different position. And I think how well he does at right tackle could could tell you a lot about the, what happens with the rest of the line. I mean, do you think it's – how difficult – from someone that played, I know you were a linebacker, how difficult of a transition is it to go from guard to tackle? Uh,
2: I, I think it's a tough – you know, I think it would be a tough move. I, I think he's got the talent to do it. But um, it's, it's, um, it's like, you know, going from safety to corners in some ways. Mm-hmm uh because you know at safety you know you you don't have to be as quick you're not as ex- exposed uh when you're um when you're playing corner you know you're exposed you you, you know you you got to be on top of things or because you know you can get beat and you got got to show uh more you know more quickness uh-huh. and more speed because uh it's like being out more on an island you know and they, they even said it's like being on an island and that's what uh playing tackle compared to playing guard is it's like being on an island. So, right,
3: and that's, I mean, even a guy like Robert Gallery, he can't play tackle in the NFL. He can play guard because he gets his hands on you and then it's it done. Right. Well, a tackle isn't really like that. They can be around you before
2: you even touch them. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, at, at the guard spot, you know, you really don't have to be that quick. But at the, um, at the, uh, at the tackle spot, you better have some quicks because – you know, they can they can go around that corner.
3: Yeah. So I mean, and, and you have to assume Peters is going to be okay. Um, you know, he's hopefully his winding is done. He's out of Buffalo. He got his new contract. Uh, you know, if he goes back to uh, to being the tackle that that everyone thinks he's going to be from from two thousand seven, mm-hmm. the, the, the line has all the talent in the world. I, I can't call him the best line in football because they haven't played together I, until I see different. The Giants still have that for me. Um, mm-hmm. But they got the potential. You look at them on paper. And I know offensive lines really aren't, that's not really a paper part of the team. Because, I mean, look at the Colts all those years. I mean, they didn't have any all world guys, really, but they were a unit and they played together so well. Um, if this team, if this line can do that, man, now you've got talent with some guys that can play together and uh, and you really got something. And the other one, actually, the other one, I, I digress. They, I mean, the. The biggest part for me, I think, now, that I'm thinking about it, what do they do at center? Jamal Jackson needs a fire lit, and Nick Cole might be able to do it. I think he might be the guy to push him.
2: Well, you know, I would like to see them, uh, you know, make that a battle. It has to be. It just has to be, because Jamal Jackson seems to be too comfortable for
3: years. You know, he was much better when he was playing for something. You know, now nobody's really been near him, and he hasn't had a great last couple of years, so... That's going to be interesting, too. And Nick Cole actually played pretty well last year in uh, in place of Matt Gene Gillis and, and Sean Andrews,
2: a, a right right uh, Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did play well. Um, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, you want to push guys. You know, they need, they need to step it up. So uh, uh, there's no question. I believe, you know, you've you got to
3: push them. Yeah, and either way, I mean, we, we can look at it ten ways from Tuesday. The bottom line, that is not a weak spot on this team. It has the potential to be great. At worst, it'll be above average. You know, that's not a weak spot on this team. Offense, really, the big question mark is like we were talking about before at the running back position. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know about Westbrook's injury. Are they going to bring a veteran in? Can Shady McCoy play right away? Uh, how, how much could Leonard Weaver do? How much do you ask him to do if these guys can't play? Does Kyle will make the team, you know? Uh, Lorenzo Booker, boy, I don't even know if a good training camp keeps him on this team, G, because we were there last year watching him. He was phenomenal in training camp. I watched some of the plays this guy's making. I'm thinking, wow. He's who really good who are you
2: talking about? Year. Who, who are you talking about? Booker. Oh. Well, you know, he's he's, he's making them, uh, though. He wasn't making them when they were putting the pads on. He was making them in the seven-on-seven seven drills. And, you know, you know, and and, and when they're not hitting – and, uh, you know, I, I was on WIP one, uh, one morning and we were talking about Lorenzo Booker. I said, you know, he'll be a great player if they just make one slight change in the, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in the rules. What's that? Well, you know, get rid of tackling. <laughs> you know I mean? Because he's a great touch football player. Right. But he's not much when it comes to when they, when they put the pads on, they start tackling.
3: Right, right, right.
2: And, unfortunately, it is tackle football. And so because he he gets pushed around so much, meaning that somebody comes up, he tries to get off the line, he's running downfield, somebody just pushes him to the ground. Come on. You can't let somebody do that. I mean, I can see somebody gets a square shot on you, but you can't let them just push you, and all of a sudden you're sprawling all over the ground. And and that's where he's got to show that he's strong enough. I don't see where he's done any lifting. It doesn't look any bigger at all. And, and you just can't get that get pushed around to that degree, and uh, because you know you, you're supposed to be able to pick up the blitz. Yeah, well, he's just too
3: small. We know that, and I, I just I honestly would rather keep Eckel if it came down. I, I don't know all the numbers in my head yet, but if it excuse me if it came down to that, I'd rather keep a guy like Eckel who actually produced when they needed him uh, last year. And really, let me touch on tight end real quick. I've, I was watching uh, you know, now that I'm here in Philadelphia, I got NFL Network, and it is the greatest thing in the world. I was watching the replays of the Eagles against uh, Minnesota and the championship game against Arizona. Brent Selleck can play. I know he's not the fastest or whatever, Fine, not the best block or whatever. That guy can he can inflict some pain on defenses. And we talked about this, G, before when, when uh, he had the good game against Seattle. And we said, well, nobody was paying attention to him. But, all right then that's a good thing. It means if you don't pay attention to him, he'll hurt you bad. I really think Selleck can play, and I'm I'm excited about what Ingram can bring to the offense, too. I mean, how much do you like Selleck? Are you happy with him as a starter?
2: Yeah, I'm happy with him. You know, I just want to see the way he's going to block, but, uh, you know, the, the big thing Sellecks need need to do, just be consistent, you know. Uh, catch the ball when it's thrown to you. You know, you don't, it doesn't have to be great. Take advantage of the things, you know. Uh, you know, catch the ball, mainly good with the things that, that um, L.J. Smith wouldn't do, which L.J., you know, had the ability at times to run away from people, but he couldn't catch the ball consistently. You've got to catch the ball consistently as a tight end because as a tight end, uh, you know, they only throw, the only times they go to you, they've got to depend on you to catch the ball because a lot of times it's third and four, third and five, you know, catch the ball.
3: You know, a perfect example, and if Selleck can aspire to be a former teammate of yours, uh, was John Spagnola. Just yep. all right. You you need eight yards, I'll get you
2: nine. That's all he yep. did. It's great. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John was that kind of guy, and uh, you know, for that matter, Chad Lewis was that type of guy. Yeah, Chad yeah. Lewis was actually a little more
3: athletic. I mean, he actually could do some things, including fall down after he catches the ball, but he caught the ball.
2: Yeah, he caught the ball. I mean, and see, that's the thing with uh, the tight end position. It's more important that you be a guy that will catch the football, you know, because, yep. you know, you're going you're gonna to get, you know, because if the, if, the, if the quarterback can depend on you, a lot of times it's going to be very difficult for them not to, uh, for, for them to cover you if you have any threats at all outside because they can't spend as much time being worried about a tight end. they're going, look, we got to take away this guy. We're not worried about taking away that tight end. And no. we or Deshaun and Macklin and Curtis. That's right. So they're worried about people that can that can beat them deep, people that can uh, can make the big play, and uh, that's why you know he was he was able to uh, have such a good game against the uh, Cardinals.
3: You know, yeah, but but and, and, uh, just you know but, just, you, know, you don't
2: have to make the great run, the great just catch the football, and and that's the one thing that um, we you know we all know that you know uh, L.J. couldn't do. Couldn't consistently well, yeah. catch the gonna drop the ball. He's running without the ball. Come on. Yeah, How many times run did him? LJ try to run without the ball? I mean, come on. He's one of your favorite Eagles in history, I could tell. I know you're a big LJ guy. Well, the, the thing is, I thought LJ could have been so much better. That's the thing. I uh, agree. That, I agree. That, that know, is that's the that's, that's my thing with LJ is that uh, he was such a disappointment for a guy who could have. And you know what? He, he would have he feasted here. He should have been able to feast here, especially now. I agree. Look,
3: I mean, that's my biggest problem with LJ is that he was such a disappointment Consider You look at his physical tools, you go, wow. And he got off to some good starts. And then it seemed like either he or Donovan would get hurt. You know, they, they looked like they were just getting things going, and then somebody gets hurt. And it just it, he couldn't put it together no matter what it was, whatever the reason was, whether he was – when he did catch the ball, I loved my favorite move of his was when he would go to absorb a blow by putting the ball down so the defender's helmet would hit it and pop it out the back. Oh, my God, that was frustrating. He just There were so many little things. I guess you could say about L.J. Smith, the little things just escaped him. He didn't do the little things, and if catching the ball is a little thing, yeah, okay, fine, he didn't do it. <laughs> That's probably a pretty big thing. But just such a disappointment when you look at what he could have been with his, you know, you look around the league at Gates and Gonzalez, you say, wow, this guy, L.J. Smith, he's got that yep, kind of yep.
2: answer. but we'll continue uh, talking about uh, the Eagles and uh, the big question marks uh, that uh, they've got to answer. Uh, some big questions, and so we'll get into that on the other side as well. Let's continue to talk about the the Phil's uh, the Hey, they got to get it done one way or the other. We'll be back in a moment.
4: Are you currently having trouble paying your mortgage? Are you in an adjustable rate mortgage or possibly in foreclosure? If you've been late once, have already received a letter from your lender with intent to foreclose or even have a sheriff's sale notice, you need to contact the professionals at New Hope Modifications. They are experts in helping people behind on their mortgage, in foreclosure, or even who are on time, but know that rate will be adjusting and will cause them problems in the future. Call New Hope Modifications today at 888-NO-DEBT-9. That's 888-663. 3289 and talk to one of their modification experts new hope is staffed with professionals and have years of experience in customer service and the mortgage industry our branch managers take pride in giving every customer the attention and support that they may need in this crucial time of their life you are not alone and new hope is the company that you can trust to help you save your home or assist in getting you a payment you can handle give them a call right now at 888 663 3289. Again, that number, 888-663-3289, and put your trust in New Hope.
2: My co-host, Michael Warren, uh, joins me, and we're talking uh, about the Eagles and uh, the whole thing with camp. Now you got Sean Jones and Quentin Demps. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure to be a tough battle that's going uh, to occur uh, in camp. And, um, you know, Demps is, is probably the faster of the two. Clearly, Sean Jones is the more accomplished. He is a polished uh, Safety And the more I watch them over at the OTAs, the more I like them. So I don't know uh, how that's going to turn out. You know, dempsey has got to – clearly has to prove that he's on top of, first of all, the coverages, the different changes and all that. And he's got to prove he can be physical enough to play uh, the way they want him to play, which is stepping up, tackling big running backs, uh, being able to bring down tight ends, being a good tackler. That's what he's got to prove he can do. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting battle. What's what's your thoughts on it?
3: Uh, I agree with you completely. That he's got to prove he can stick his nose in there because um, he's kind of the opposite of Dawkins right now. At, at, at that point, you know, with Dawkins leaving, he really couldn't run that well, but he could still stay up by the line and hit you. is the opposite. He can run really well. He's he's got to be one of the top. He's got to be one of the fastest safeties in the league. I mean, this guy flies. Yep. Uh, but he doesn't really like to hit people. He does have a decent nose for the ball, which we haven't seen too much of him playing, so we don't know. Because Sean Jones has the same thing. I think he's only two other safeties, two other safeties in the last two years, or uh, three years, that have more interceptions than he does. He's got 14 over the last three. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. And you're, you're really going to have to see, you know what, they might platoon him. I mean, do you see any situation where they could just end up platooning these guys? Based, you
2: know, uh, I the could distance? see that. only thing is, it's, it's, it's really not, you, you know, being that you don't know what the team is going to do, it's, it's hard to do that. I don't know that they'll they'll want to do that. Um, I third
3: and long, Demps, I'd rather have Demps in
2: there. on third and twelve. Uh, wait, what's got that the now? Coverages down, of course. You just say you'd rather have Demps in there on third and twelve?
3: Yeah, because he can run more. I mean, he's, he's yeah. He's just he's a better runner, um, and not that Sean Jones can't run, but I, I don't see him being anywhere near as fast as Dempson.
2: Well, he's definitely not. He's definitely not as fast as him. Um, but, you know, we'll find out how they, how they pan out, you know. Uh, but clearly, you know, both of them are, are looking at some, some challenges that they've got to face. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, another thing, let's see, we're talking about, uh, um, let's see, about you've got the Demp situation, uh, you've got the offensive line, um, you know, of course the running backs, uh, then, you know, of course the wide receiver position. Well, uh, with, we, uh, with, the, the, that. we talked about that a bit. Uh, but, you know, there, there are, you know, this team comes in where, suppose, you know, something, if something happens to the offensive of line, you know, we could be very disappointed. Uh, something, you know, and I don't, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But you do have a question about the offensive of line. You got the Westbrook situation. Now, when are you going to be comfortable when you see, uh, you know, when would you be comfortable? How late? In, in the off season, uh, do you have to see I me? Mean, when do you have to see Brian Westbrook to feel comfortable that he's going to be able to do and play and everything this year? I don't know. When's Week One? When's the first
3: game? <laughs> uh, what's Whatever the, that first uh, game is, that's when I'm fine. He knows that he's 30 years old. He knows the system like the back of his hand. And again, just in watching those playoff games uh, this past week, man, he is really, really good at picking up the blitz. Yeah, he is such a smart player i don't Mm -hmm. worry about him i don't i mean i don't worry about him knowing the offense or where he's got to be i want him healthy because if he's healthy he's fine i mean we saw him last year again not healthy in the playoffs he couldn't he could not hit a hole he just he wasn't the same guy he wasn't and it's way more important for him to get fully rested and fully healed than it is for him to take a few reps in training camp i honestly am fine week one when do you need
2: this? Would, would, would you like to see him for a week first, or what? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I just want him, uh, you know, I, I want to see him out there practice. you know, where he, where, he's, where he is finally healthy. Uh, but I don't need to really see him. I, you know, I didn't want them to uh, use him in past years. I'm going, what are you putting Westbrook in there for, you know? <laughs> and uh, also, uh, I don't want them to use him as much, you know. Even when the season starts, you know, and there's such a temptation to, to overuse him because, you know, he touches the ball, you know, he makes a great play, and you're going, give it to him again, give it to him again. You're going, wait a minute. The, the big thing this team has got to do is they need to get to the postseason with a healthy Brian Westbrook. Yes,
3: and, and you can understand, though, how Andy Reid might be a little drunk on his talent because you give it to him once or twice and you see what he does. How, it's kind of tough to
2: think. <laughs> Let's do something else. But, I mean, you know, you, what you you before that, you've got to know his body. You know, come on, the guy can't take the pounding. I How know, many times does he that. need to break down? He just, you know, and, and, and now it's a matter of saying, well, we know we only yeah. have but so many carries left in him, and we can see the end of the road down there. So we want to take our time in, in, in using up those carries. No, oh, I agree. I think I mean you obviously can't put him in bubble wrap, but uh, they do need to cut his plays. They
3: really do. What well, you say? And you can't put him in bubble wrap. You, yeah, you can't completely put him in bubble wrap, meaning like not use them at all. You got to use. Yeah, well, yeah, bit. you want to
2: use them, but I'm I'm just saying, you you know, you, you go ahead. Maybe maybe you uh, maybe in certain games you say, look, we're going in, and our goal is we want to use them 15 times. Well, gee, actually, you know what? To that
3: point, what really irritated me, even in past years. Was the Eagles are up thirty
2: to ten, you know, early fourth quarter, and he's still in the game.
3: Well, well still you still know, I, I
2: haven't liked that, but I know that they, you know, he wants to get his yards and everything. But you know, that's not a priority. I do I can care less about him getting any yards right now, because with the uh, with the mileage he's shown on his on his body right now, you gotta feel that he's you're getting near the end, and you you want to stretch it out. You'd like to get him at least two more years. Uh, where you've got him in the playoffs with the money on the line, and you got him back there. Yeah. No, you know? I, mean, I and so you agree. really put a lot of pressure on a defensive if if if, uh, if you're if they are indeed able to go deep and they start beating people deep and spreading out the field, there's no way in the world you could, you could be sitting back there worried about a, a screen. You you don't know, you can't do all of that.
3: No, I understand, you know. and and you even if you remember in 2004 when Terrell Owens was here. Even with him here, who was the first name out of a defensive coordinator's mouth? Still Westbrook. Yeah. He just—he's a matchup nightmare. He is an absolute nightmare to cover. Uh, he runs. He does it all. He blocks. It, it is so important to have him late in the season. You know, as we saw with uh, was it 2000? Uh, was it 2003 when when he went down and they didn't have him in the NFC Championship game against Carolina?
2: Yeah. Because with the way eight. they run their offense, you no, know, he's not going to be running the ball 20, 30 times, no. But he's going to get it that many times because, you know, they throw those screens, and those screens are they're, they're lethal, man. If you don't have somebody in there on it, and and you've got that speed out there on the field, see, because with the speed on the field, that's going to mean if he beats the linebackers, whew, Yeah. You know. Big plays. Yep. Well, uh, hey, I want to thank uh, everybody for joining us, and um, – Michael, we'll do it again next week. All right, Jay. I look forward to it. All right, buddy. Take care, buddy. All right, bye-bye.
1: Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.